0: classic music reviews presented by iv creative now here's your hosts b cox and the crew greetings and welcome ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the vault podcast classic music reviews presented by iv creative it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view we appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and I have with me in the place to be my boy J.O. Here with us, joining us on the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. We want to thank him, and of course, thank all the fans out there stateside and worldwide Guys, we took a break last week and our numbers were just as good as if we released a hot episode off the presses. So thank you all for continuing to support the show and listening. We know that the word is getting out there. We have some old listeners out there, but a lot of new listeners who have tuned in. If you've tuned into us within the last month and a half or so, we want to say welcome. Thank you for joining us here and we hope that you continue to stay along in the vault as we take this musical journey through the 1990s and into the 2000s here reviewing the classics. As a reminder, you can join us at vaultclassicpod.com. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can check out all the episodes, information about guests that we've had. Also leave a review, also leave a voice note. And you can check out our merchandise store where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, tumblers, coffee mugs, iPhone cases, stickers, all of that. We have all those at our merchandise store. And make sure that you're going to our Buy Me a Coffee page there. The coffee cup shaded in yellow on the bottom left-hand corner. There, you can drop a monetary donation to show us that you appreciate us and support us so that we can make sure that the vault stays open for many years to come. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com. That is vaultclassicpod.com. As we always say here on the VAR, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today, Jay, we're going to go back 25 years ago and we're going to go back to the debut studio album of none other than the late great rapper DMX. It's Dark and Hell is Hot, released on May 19th, 1998, on Def Jam and Rough Rider Records. Recorded between September 1996 and January 1998. The studios this was recorded at is <laughs> going to get a kick out of this, Jay, of course. Oh, quad, quad, quad recording studio in New York City, Chunk King Studios, soundtrack, powerhouse, and none other than Right in Our Backyard, New Horizon Sounds in Capitol Heights, Maryland. <laughs> One of the most popular recording studios that we had back in those days. I can remember being a high schooler and also being an aspiring rapper during that time. And everybody wanting to get into New Horizon. So the big studios everybody wanted to go to back then were Omega and New Horizon Sounds. And being from PG, that was really the place that a lot of people wanted to go. And then when we found out that DMX was recording this album there, it grew a whole other mythology so i don't know you were i'm pretty sure you were aware of that back then right jay that it was being recorded some of it will be recorded at new horizons yeah yeah
2: i was like because i guess i was kind of like one of those nerds like would like look at the credits and the packaging and all that mm-hmm. and of course back when we bought cds and i saw Heights. I'm like what the hell like he mm-hmm. was here yeah like <laughs> yes
0: yeah i could have just got on the metro and went over there like ran to dmx like what the hell exactly and there's a lot of people that have had some stories about him, him and other artists coming to record at that studio down there. Cause that was one of the, uh, one of the best studios I'm guessing that people like to come to record especially during the late 90s, man. So I remember I used to call up there trying to get an internship to work up there. Like, hey, I'll come and work for free. I just want to come work in the studio. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? In New Horizons Studios in Capitol Heights, Maryland, with a runtime of 65 minutes and 10 seconds. The producers on this, so many producers, talking about the majority of the production on here from none other than Dame Grease. He produced 13 tracks. PK producing eight tracks. Also production on here from Irv Gotti and Lil Rob. Two tracks each young lord with one track and swiss beats the one track on here being none other than rough riders anthem the singles on is dark and hell is hot the first one get at me dog released in february 1998 stop being greedy released in march of 98 rough riders anthem released in time for that summer of may of 1998 and how it's going down released in june of 1998 really what i would have to say jay is that this album put on a clinic when it talks about producing and getting your album out there for a run at the summertime this mm-hmm. definitely was something is that when they were positioning it they wanted to make sure that the summertime bumped this album definitely from the springs heading into the summertime that year so it's dark and hell is hot jay definitely an album that we both know times that when we were in high school one of the great ones we would have to say so we're going to go ahead and get into it First thoughts and reflections. So, first thoughts and reflections, Jay, I'll go ahead and start with you. It's Dark and Hell is Hot by DMX. What was your reaction upon hearing the album and also the anticipation before the album even came out? Because there was a lot of anticipation surrounding this in regards to DMX. Like, we heard about him before that came out. But then, what was your reaction when you actually heard the album? And listening to it in the 25 years since, what is your reaction to it and the legacy that has grown over this quarter century? Well, yeah, like, um, of course, like, you
2: know, before the album dropped, we heard DMX, I think most of us got introduced to him, like, on the 4321 remix. Mm-hmm. It was that aggressive sound. And then I want to say it was like maybe was late 97 when that dropped. Yeah. So then, mm-hmm. followed up to like 98, when the album did come out, you know, like, because one thing you got to understand about that time, like, you know, we were still. Of course, like trying to get over Pac, but most more recently trying to get over Biggie. Yeah. for him to come along and like, it's like kind of a two fold as far as like feeling the void. For one, like, it filled the void because as far as the East Coast, it was really nobody like that impact, you know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. I mean, yeah, you had Jay Z, Nas, and everyone like that, but I mean, it also filled the void as far as like, you know, somebody like being back on that street vibe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like Jay Z kind of had like that, for lack of a better term, like Big Willie style, even Nas, you know what I'm saying? But like, mm-hmm. DMX was like completely like the, opposite of that street yeah yeah like straight street so like you know what i'm saying even like on um the gabby dog dream, it was like back to the streets and then like you know what i'm saying I heard the album and of course not a much of a diss to x i wouldn't say he was the most like lyrically lyrically complex mm-hmm. but he was kind of like similar to tupac in a way he wasn't lyrically complex either but he put so much emotion to his stuff like you really mm. felt him you know what i'm saying yeah concept as far as like knowing his background and everything like that and mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like of course some of like the songs on there like it really like made you feel them. especially like, you know what i'm saying because i don't think anybody was like doing prayers at that time on the album mm, yeah you know what i'm saying it's like those prayers and like yes yeah, i don't remember like back then like i remember like friends called me up like playing that journey over the phone when we like do that with our friends so like that mm-hmm like my friend he did that because i hadn't bought the album at the time but like we was like dead silent for a good maybe 10 seconds after that like yeah drink ourselves together yeah buddy yeah and then but like listen to it now of course you know i'm saying he's no longer with us but then make sure you remember the impact of the album you know it's kind of funny like i remember like it came out 98 and i'm gonna say my early 99 of course he had already released a second drink by then but then of course like this is during the mixtape days Mm -hmm. and i don't even think so many people notice about like that I'm gonna say he's the second or the last verse on Get At Me Dog but like how pretty much actually he actually dissed Tupac yeah <laughs> like yeah. Know, and I remember in high school like nobody believed me with that verse he just switched Tupac's name for K Solo's name
0: yeah exactly so like, you know what I'm
2: saying like Okay, good. I guess it's a good thing they didn't like put that out there because that would probably like leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths and stuff like that. And then try to say he a Pac wannabe, which I never thought. But right, the no more course. ignorant folks of it, like so. <laughs> of course,
0: it's always going to be out there. Yeah, and the comparison was going to be there: bald head, the no shirt, mm-hmm. the the do rag. You right. know what I'm saying? So it was a lot that would Q could draw the comparison between him and Pac. Obviously, this album. I mean, let's say, and I'll go back with you. Let's go back to 1997. We started to get the hype from DMX. The mixtapes and then the features run was absolutely crazy. It was the four three two one that he got out there where he burst through the door on that, right? And we're talking about a verse that had verse already craziest verses with Method Man, with Rep Man, and then also that verse from Cannabis, which started the whole Cannabis LL thing. Right? And DMX just burst through the door on that. I mean, we've seen that apollo could performance of four three two one and how the crowd absolutely lost it once dmx came out there i mean really literally commanding the crowd but then it was his verse on stuff like 24 hours to live again another standout performance money power and respect like i've just put down three heavy hitter features that somebody has and that's probably all But then the cat like maybe what what four to three to four months like we're talking about you back to back to back features that hit like that That's when, you know, the notice of the debut album starts to come out, looking at those source issues. And, you know, of course, coming soon, the date starts to come out there, the anticipation. Then the single comes out with Get At Me Dog had all of us waiting, right? Mm -hmm. Then when we got the album, I think all of us realized, even upon the first few lessons, that it wasn't just all just about the energy and being amped up. Like, that's what everybody pegged DMX to be. It was all about energy. It was being amped up. It was the feeling that you could get, like the energy that you felt through his performances and his style. It was substance, though. It had doubt. It had pain, regret, depression. All the things that many of us had experienced, even as teenagers in real time, Or what we would experience as young men. And I think this is what helped people latch on the DMX more often than not. Been listening to that album. Yes, Mm -hmm. you heard the street stuff. You heard the narratives being put in so many different songs like ATF and Crime Story and how it's going down. But then you heard the pain and stuff like the convo and also in the prayer and, and look through my eyes. The emotion in his music, I say, was palpable. It's something that you just could feel. And I said this, I think, many other different times. I think also around the time we did the episode when he passed away. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the way that Tupac and Scarface could. Was better and also a master at conveying his emotions through his music that had touched fans in a different way than when other artists did it. You just felt DMX's music, right? Even back then as teenagers, not having gone through shit. Like, gone through nothing in life, really. But being able to understand And for lack of a word, relate to what it was he was going through, because I mean, the street things are one thing, right? But the emotions are transferable. Those are things that are transferable between different things in life. You can tell that emotion and you know what it feels like if you've experienced what he's experienced. That's to me what really got us going. But, man, like I said, it was entertaining. The music was hard hitting. Part of it felt like, you know, like a rap song, but in other parts of it felt like a movie, right? When we talk about rap albums being cinematic. I felt like this rap album was cinematic in so many different places. Like, I tell people, the BET TV show Tales, right? There are at least three to four songs on here that would have made a damn good. Episode of Tales. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ATF would have been a great one of Tales. Crime Story would have been a great one of Tales. Uh the Convo would have been a great one of Tales. I mean, you just keep running through them. All and all of how it's going down would have been a great episode of Tales. Yeah. Having somebody that could tell these stories, that could tell street tales, that could give you street stuff, the music be gritty and grimy, but also be vulnerable at the same exact time. That's the reason why people love DMX. Like Nas said in 2013. 98 was the year that DMX took over the year. And you mentioned it, Jay, two albums came out in 12 months, not even 12 months, actually putting out those that debut album and then the second album right before the year ended. And also people got to remember that Belly came out in 1998 as well. So DMX's star was so bright during this year. Like when I said when he passed that he was bigger than everyone else in the game, I meant it. He was bigger than everyone else in the game. Because people have to also remember too, Jay, Volume 2 didn't come out until that September. And right. people didn't start getting singles from that until the end of the summer. So that summer, DMX and Rough Riders, when it came to hip hop, were a select others that were also in the game, ran the game. So that's really how big it was. It's just getting that energy, but then also getting that street stuff and also getting that vulnerability is what helped a lot of us latch on to him. And we never really let go until the moment he departed this earth. You know, I was gonna
2: say the other thing, like, you know what I'm saying, with, um, going back to as far as, like, Volume 2, like, I don't want to say he helped, he made Jay-Z kind of, like, reinvent himself, but I just know it's, like, I don't, I don't, I don't really think it's a coincidence, you know what I'm saying, like, that between Volume 1, which is still kind of on that big Willy really Braggadocious shit, and then pretty much it was, like, a different temp between, like, that and Volume 2. Like, oh, yeah. back to the streets, like, mm-hmm. Jay-Z himself, like, the hard-knock life drain, and even with the money cash hose drain, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. like, um, <laughs> and then, um... I mean, he kind of really went back with nigga what, nigga who as far as like that fast rapping style. So mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah. I'm thinking he has some influence as far as like Jay-Z like taking it back to that because like he kind of like had to take a step back to go forward. Yeah. And we see what Jay-Z is his career. I don't think, since I don't think that was a coincidence. You know what I'm saying? The DMX kind of like made an impact because i mean between the two of them i mean 98 was definitely dmx's yeah i keep some people dmx was bigger than jay-z he was bigger
0: than jay-z in 98 bro he was and i tell people this right jay is only shook a few people that came out during times that he came out right most people he won't even sweat but there are two times that i think that jay sweat when he was out and around right when Mm -hmm. jay was getting ready to drop the black album he told them like yo after this y'all gonna have to deal with 50 right in 2003 y'all gonna have to deal with 50 Jay knew what 50 had and knew the potential that he had. I would have to say five years prior that Jay, having known DMX, knowing what he could do, and they're like, yo, this is a dude who's going to be a problem. And at that point, they're like kind of like label mates, right? Because they have Mm -hmm. the Def Jam Rockefeller thing sort of going on. They weren't competitors, but they were still competing with each other because they had market share. So Jay knew that DMX was going to be a problem. It was like, weren't many people that Jay was going to be worried about, but I knew, knew that he was worried about DMX, though, without a doubt.
2: Absolutely highlights and lowlights
0: so now to highlights and lowlights jay we'll start with you man what are your highlights and any lowlights if you have them from his dark and hell is hot of
2: course highlights i mean even the
0: intro the way that came in
2: <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that
0: intro by herb Gotti, bruh yeah like
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean even like the beat dropped I me mean, like x just came in hard on that drink mm-hmm. of course rough riders anthem like
0: mm-hmm. of
2: course get at me dog i mean i guess like the singles like high it's going down but then yeah, stop being greedy, and then like let me fly. Oh, yeah. Um, look through my eyes, even get the storm, like, cause you know what I'm saying, like I mean, I guess like it really hits harder now that I'm older, like. Because mm-hmm. even back then I was kinda like the eyeball, like, man, why you gonna be wanna hang on the corner all day, you know what, yeah. what I'm saying? Just be like smoking and drinking and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause the man's he was like, Yeah, man, you're just wasting your time out, you wasting your potential. Mm-hmm. And it's like you knew it was true back then, but now we be older, like means that much more now. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. 25 years later, some people still on the same shit from that time, still on the from same shit. From that time, still like on the same shit, bro. On yeah. our age, it's still on the same shit, though. Yeah, like second childhood type stuff. Like, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like, uh, I'm trying to think what else was. Um, crime Story, of course. Mm, yes, sir. Uh, and man lord knows like I said that prayer man like mm, yeah you
0: know
2: what I'm saying like it started something like you know what I'm saying, and yeah I mean mm-hmm. there's just so many joints on here yeah. but then like I guess as far as like, low lights just cause like one bar on X is coming mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying it's like I just will say I'm gonna keep it clean here. It, it involves it involves like the act of grape you, yeah. you know what I'm saying so like yeah, I think I like skip over that song whenever I hear it now like so mm-hmm. you, know yeah. you know what I'm saying I understand it was like on some crazy
0: like Core core type stuff yeah, like, like really that's, just that's, Over the top though that's, yeah. that's
2: just where I draw the line at, bro. Like one of the ways In which I draw the line But mm-hmm. uh, yeah man, I guess that I guess it'd be it for me As far as that
1: Say goodbye To your credit card rewards Greedy corporate mega stores Led by Walmart and Target Are pushing for a law in Congress To take away Your hard earned cash back And travel points To line their pockets The Durbin Marshall credit card bill Would enact harmful Credit card routing mandates That would end Credit card rewards as we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's that part that line of that portion of the X is coming is a really dark portion. It's just like, damn, bro, like wow, it's woo, almost like the whole thing with Biggie, what's beef, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yo, it's oh man, this is a little bit too much. You don't went too far, bro, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, yeah, I get you, but yeah so my highlights there's tons of them on here obviously all the singles um get at me dog you know speaks for itself stop being greedy same thing rough rider's anthem became so big that you know it was crazy that remix being released on the professional mixtape like really uh, blew things up you know what i'm saying like goodness um i know right And then how is, how's it going down? The fact that, you know, the album version was different because the album version, I don't think people remember this. The original version didn't include Faith. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It wasn't until they re-released it later on that they added Faith's vocals onto it, especially the video version. But getting into the album tracks on here, as you mentioned, Jay, hearing that intro like when you hear those bells, you knew something was coming, right? It was just like this shit about to be crazy. <laughs> when those bells started coming and then those strings and then you hear that growling of the dog in the background, I was like, yo, this drink about to be out of this world, right? It does look through my eyes. And I was listening to that earlier this week, man. And I was like, yo, this is the type of thing I talk about, like the pain that you can feel like that type of thing that you can feel is in present in a song like that. Just absolutely out of this world. Let me fly similar type of vibes. You get on that, that feeling, If nothing else you could say about DMX, he was in tune with himself and also spirituality and how that all connected with from the struggle to the streets to the game to everything was all kind of connected to itself. Nothing ever really is separated when it comes to his albums and his art. Like everything was connected. If spirituality, the streets, the struggle, pain, depression, all of it was all connected. Damien is sort of like brings me back to the whole feeling I got from Biggie's Gimme the Loot, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like you playing two characters in your same story, and that, again, is also another song that could have been on Tales. Like, absolutely crazy. Crime Story, one of the most underrated songs on here. Irv Gotti on the track. This dude, when it comes to his storytelling, he definitely was another one out there that we talk about was really a great storyteller. Like I would listen to DMX tell stories and have a CD of just nothing but that <laughs> like, oh, and man. being animated and do different voices. I would listen to a CD of just that, and that alone. That's it. Um, the joint ATF was just really crazy. Not even the track that was two minutes long. You want to talk about some uh, Hollywood movie that sounded like a Hollywood movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like a scene in a Hollywood movie, like getting ready close to the end and, uh, the dude who's been hustling out there finally has gotten snitched on and uh, the 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 feds are at his door and he got to make a run for it really quick. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it kind of felt like to me. The prayer into the convo was like you said, man, sometimes you listen to that and you had to take a moment to just sit and chill with it because it was so powerful. The words in it. And it wasn't like something that was overly complicated. Like you said, DMX is not someone who is lyrically complex, but the fact that you could feel what it was that he was saying, I mean, in the prayer saying, I think I mentioned this, too, when you I, and Damo had that whole thing about his death. we were talking about it. And he said, if it takes for me to suffer for my brothers to see the light, give me pain till I die. But please, Lord, treat him right. I mean, goodness, <laughs> man. The type of stuff, he knew how to be able to do things like that with these prayers that he did on this album and so many of his other albums afterwards, man. He really found a way to be able to get into a way to tap into the spirituality. Like even if you weren't God, I went to church every Sunday, you know what I'm saying? But whether you believed in God, you know, deeply believed in God or you were into the scripture or whatever, this was something that made you feel spirituality a different type of way that I can't really even explain it to tell you the truth. And then the convo is obviously another part, just almost like, almost like the other side of the coin of Damien, right? Where the devil's making him do certain things and making a deal with the devil in order to get certain things that he wants. But the flip side of it is his conversation with God. Talk about like the duality, the yin and yang of things. That's one thing. Another thing that DMX has been great about doing during his career. One of my favorite albums to end a track ever on a hip hop album, Niggas Done Started Something to end the album on this track my goodness you want to talk about everybody on here spitting nothing but fire i mean to have she come out off the break just to just tearing it up Hey yo let's get papers and pop mode holes up in the skyscrapers and condominiums overlooking our drug capers new york city the only way to play is gritty i want cheddar so we can front up in the 850 like i mean just coming up off the break with that then to bring it off with a verse with like with mace and Mace actually, like, a different Mace that we had heard on Harlem World and a Mace that we were used to hearing from when he was on Bad Boy. I tell people, like, yo, that wasn't Bad Boy, Mace. You were hearing a Murder Mace on Murder there. Mace, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then the locks on there, you know, of course. I mean, Chic, but then also Kiss and Styles. But then DMX, which to me, I think is probably one of his best standout verses on this album. To close the album out with a verse like that. Just crazy. Despite the fact that also, oh, as well. (laughs) That beat there by Dame Grease. (laughs) So simple, right? But just completely appropriate for a track that hard. Like, absolutely crazy. So all those highlights, tons of highlights. The production on there, Dame Grease putting his foot in this album, bruh. I mean, Hmm. Dame Grease put his foot in this album. PK put the foot in the album. Irv Gotti, everybody on here doing their job. As far as when it comes to lowlights, per se, I'd have to agree with you on that line, though. When X is coming here, yeah, that's a bit over the top. I wasn't really a big fan of For My Dogs either, either. You know what I'm saying? Like with Casino and Drag On, like I think when it came to Rough Riders, there were other tracks that I enjoyed more than that. I think that was a little bit sort of, you know, out of place on here. But, you know, hey, I mean, I don't think it's really something that, you know, I would say, oh, we just get rid of that joint, throw it in the trash. But if I did have problems, that would be those tracks right there. But other than that, though, man, just absolutely crazy. The reduction on here, DMX's performances, the, the features on here as well, the few ones that are on here at crazy and a good blend too you had commercial tracks on here you do have some party joints you got track for the ladies masterfully done absolutely masterfully done notable quotables so notable quotables jay what do you have for notable quotables for this album
2: the drink look through my eyes to say i'm the um, second verse Mm. i can understand why y'all niggas are scared of me and why the big dogs never want to play fair with me because i leave blood wherever i go wherever i flow wherever i blow niggas know who i can go feel me yo what it is about the dark doctor gets niggas? What are they about to spark? About the bar, take it to the hawk, cause it's real like that. Give them chills, but do I make a build like that? Shit is real, but you don't know it's gonna get you. With the steel, what you don't know is gonna split you. I could blaze tracks, make niggas play raps and raise stacks. Payback's a bitch, didn't you say that? Play around the dirt, you get mud, cause you know I could either spread love or share blood. Mm-hmm. And blood share turns to mud real red and sticky, or I could hit you from the
0: roof, make it a quickie for real. real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, mud Cause you know I can either spread love Or shed blood Yeah Yeah crazy man mm. Yeah Yeah look through my eyes is one of my favorite Joints on there Cause you could really feel That emotion on that track And then That being following up The storm You know that skit Heading into that That track man It's really like One of the high points As far as when it comes To emotion on that joint man Um Oh I was also gonna say Like um I mean I guess like I mean of course Get at me dog
2: But again I just know It just like sticks out Even more cause again I know there was a Tupac Mm hmm. You know, he was like, especially like, was it like line after he was like, yeah, I'm transforming these niggas to get it quick. and you know, with nigga K. He can suck my dick. We you know, it was Tupac. He was like, it's going to take all these niggas in the rap game to barely boot. Because we're gonna blow shit up, I have niggas falling like bitches in a scary movie. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I
0: don't how to act. <laughs> I taking my wife and Stand back. back. <laughs> What's
2: this? A bunch of niggas was killers. Demand Fuck it when we do this cow. Finish him. Just send
0: it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Definitely. Yeah, that thing was switching out the K-Solo verse, man, for the disc for the Tupac joint, though. It's something actually I didn't even know. You know, I knew him and K-Solo had a beat because K-Solo said he said that he actually wrote "Get At Me, Dog" and not and not DMX, which is which is wild. You know what I'm saying? So, right. and he still ain't letting that shit go even after DMX is dead. You know what I mean? So crazy, man. But my quotes and I have a few of them all come from niggas done started something, and I think I got a quote from almost everybody on there. So I talked to you about Sheik in the beginning of his verse. Who want test this? My semi leave you chestless. It ain't shit that you could say to me when you be breathless, young. But I done did some shit that you won't do. So go ahead with that bullshit you blab about going through. I got niggas who pump on your block and in your spot who sit next to you protecting you, but they'll murder you. Player don' status, nigga. We getting chips. It says and bad bitches is fronting in the clips. It says and then Mace comes out and does his thing who got more beef than an islamic farm so i pack enough sonic arms to neutralize atomic bombs it's not a nigga in your game on it my ak slay gays phrase strays with niggas names on it often i bug then we'll soften the thug have a chump coughing blood fill his coffin with slugs yo you know i got enough guns to wreck a nation any nigga want to check it, Mason. Have an explanation. You bring your crew with him, doing them. Then I'm putting them down with aluminum. Then I'm putting two in them. You can't touch me. I've been devil sent, wanted for embezzlement. A lot of other things, but that's irrelevant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and Jada Kiss gets it, man. And then the line with Jada Kiss that gets me is, "My sixteens be so real, you can feel them in your vein like Romello's pops from Sugar Hill." Like. <laughs> 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 <Ooh>. <laughs> Oh man, JB the cause for the kiss at your wake, cartel lips spitting clips at your face. We started from the bottom. You see bad niggas parting, whatever, we could do it at the 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 garden. garden. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. And then Styles comes in and, you know, he does his thing, Is here, and he says sitting at the table planning and plug the fan in let the stretch dry off and then grab your cannon think you smartest and retaliate the hardest regardless if you a thug or a rap artist respect me like pesci and if rap was hockey i'd be gretzky, gretzky puffin, puffin nestle, nestle. <laughs> and y'all niggas done started <laughs> something <somebody>. acting invincible <laughs> like you guard god or something god, god, and if you god then i'ma makes a lot till you rock right. and if you a play to play for everything you got and if you a thug to start busting oh, off, off shots. shots. And if you a dog, you better bite, bite before you bark. <laughs> <laughs> and then DMX just comes in and just kills the rest of the verse. I mean, with something is just he has the longest verse out of anybody on here. But the type of shit just picking out a few lines or whatever he said. How much darker must it get? How much harder must it hit? See, it's your hardest niggas flip when I start a bunch of shit. I like pussy, but not up in my face, so give me three feet. Because when we creep, no more than three deep, niggas see sheep, Blood hounds around your shit, buried in the mud, following traces of gunpowder, residue and blood. A positive IVD is impossible. So you know, John Doe is what well, they going to be putting on that tag on your toe. Now, who gonna tell your mother her baby's under a cover in the morgue, stiff as a log, stiffed out by the dog, son of a hard-headed nigga that wouldn't listen. So you got what you came for. What's that? Surgery with the chainsaw. I hit the fucking treats, because like I said before, ain't nothing going down until I eat. Motherfuckers think it's all about impressing bitches and stressing bitches What I'm testing bitches, string the dressing bitches and caressing bitches. And, caressing bitches. <laughs> and then later on in the verse, he says and scary niggas get it all the time cause what they got is all his mind your man was talking shit until I pulled the nine and if I don't know you I don't fuck with you and if you with my man then he getting stuck with you and gave it to Monday cause I just lost my mind when he crossed the line sent his back through his chest and I tossed the nine boss of crime black got I stacked bodies with the black shoddy bitch ass niggas who act snotty get it <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh,
0: yo shit this is one of my favorite tracks to ever end an album, bruh. I mean, this is like, you want to talk about ending an album on a high note, like with a scorcher like this. Everybody bringing absolute a absolute A-game, right? I'm like, yo, what was that studio session like when they all was in that joint running that shit, dog? <laughs> it
2: makes me, it makes, and it makes me wonder, was, was this recorded in Capitol Heights too? That would like, really like, blow me up. Yeah. Oh, like, man. Damn. I know. Crazy, man.
0: Absolutely yeah, took, crazy. the
2: Metro to that train. He's ran upon this joint.
0: Exactly. Easy, yo, it's it's crazy, man. This, this joint probably i would say my second or third favorite joint on here but lyrically just absolutely bananas absolutely bananas that they put this joint down and put it on to end the album final verdict so jay your final verdict what say you about is dark as hell is hot is it a classic is it an essential album is it a dope album is it just good or just okay hey, i'm going classic on this one bro yeah for real for real mm-hmm. classic man classic <laughs> album An album that, honestly, when we talked about the transition between, like, 96 and 97, right? 97, shit was really starting to get into the Jiggy era. A lot of niggas were starting to change their styles in hip-hop, right? But then you got DMX. And then DMX comes out there and is completely the antithesis of everything Jiggy, right? (laughs) And so everybody then has to shift because of him, right? Because he blows up so big. Like, he becomes the biggest star in the game when the dude that everybody thought was the biggest star in the game was kind of like supposedly on his ascent, and he made everybody shift at that particular time, right? And not only did he do that, but then he kept the pressure on everybody's neck by releasing an album not even six to seven months afterwards. You know, that's how impactful this really was. DMX is dark and hell is hot definitely helped to change the game, man. It was the start of an artist, man, that had as big as an impact. During that period of hip hop history, than anybody else had. Definitely rest in peace to DMX, as we said before, man. But this album is dark as hell is hot, 25 years old this week. Make sure y'all go check it out. Hit us up, man. We want to hear from y'all. Hit us up on social media, message us Twitter, IG, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. What are your memories of this album? What are some of your favorite tracks? Do you agree that it's a classic album? And afterwards, man, do you agree in 98 that DMX was the biggest rapper? during this time hit us up let us talk about it we love to continue the conversation and that is going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com that's vaultclassicpod.com there you can learn more about the show check out our past episodes join our mailing list leave a review or if so inclined you can leave us a voice note click the blue microphone in the bottom right hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media, at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel, We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you are never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com